Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the DM. So come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-round good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is Elbrum, a male Asmar warlock, with his pixie familiar Sill. Morden Kell, a male elven rogue monk. His brother Ventus, a male drow rogue. And Mick, who plays Calidus Magnus Lunior, a male elf-marked wizard. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We're using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast, that's the campaign. Now, welcome to the show. In this episode, the Grey Company continues on with their misadventure in the mortuary of one Sultan Shukri Nil Mochator, cousin of the now dead Hakan al Karin Zmir Nil Mochator, a kidnapper, a camel dealer, a bad husband, and a slave seller. The hide in a coffin ploy sees the wood elf Morden Kell being secretly and quietly lowered down from the reception area. He turns around and finds himself in a large open auditorium and comes face to face with the Sultan and his knoll minions. Can shenanigans, buffoonery, slapstick comedy, and deception checks see a positive result? Then there's a knock at the door, the mortuary door. Enter sweet Hasna, sister of the dead scholar Zubir. Who is this veiled and mysterious sister, all dressed in black mourning wear? Isn't Calidus supposed to be the brother in mourning? Will battle be met? Can the Sultan identify forged documents? Questions turn to a distracting flurry. Spinning sands erupt. A fireball flies, and the real stone bursts with indigo light. Who will still stand? Who claims the corpse of the scholar? Cannibal? Brother? Sister? Will the Princess Karima find her answer, or will the loss of a player, the Barbarian Asher, turning a group of five to four, will it lead to disaster? So sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Okay, so once again I'm here with Mick, and we are reviewing what happened in the last session. This was actually a, a fairly interesting session, thinking about it and prepping for it. I was really interested to see, will it be the entire session? How far will we get in this? And it worked out really well. It turned out that the session was started out in the mortuary with the Sultan, and it took the entire three hours in order to resolve what needed to happen there. The previous session ended with you guys managed to come in with the coffin, and uh, Mordrin was hidden inside the coffin, and you guys tried to do some deadpan stuff and some kind of humorous stuff that went on. But you managed to get in. And then the Sultan, you can you said a few things to the Sultan and some things you tried to persuade with. You had the paperwork. And then he disappears and he goes downstairs. And you guys try to do some stuff to, to finagle something. And all of a sudden, Morden's coming out of the coffin. You move the curtains aside. And you're lowering Morden down over the edge so that he can see what's down there. And as he's getting lowered down the edge, it turns around. Well, guess who's only like 10 feet away from him, just looking at him as he's getting lowered down. And then it became a whole bit of shenanigans and buffoonery in terms of 
how do you convince these guys that, oh, how do we get out of this one? And that was, it was, I, I thought it was brilliant. I, I really thought it was pretty good. And the feedback from the guys after, I was really surprised at how many of the guys said this was so much fun because I thought it was, again, from my point of view, I thought that it seemed disorganized to me from my point of view in, in, in what I was trying to present to you guys. But at the same time, it also seemed like some of the connections I was trying to get at were kind of frayed and not going anywhere. So from my perception, coming in there and trying to consider, okay, how do you approach this? What are we going to do? you got guys trying to fool that, clearly sneak into it, but they're in a clear open. How do I have them do a, a stealth check that is successful? Because there's no place to hide. What are they going to do? And then it just – so less than a minute into it, and I was lost in terms of how I'm going to react to any of these situations. However, from a player point of view, we had the wonderful opportunity to do some of the silliest things that you've ever seen. And it really was what like watching a, a 1950s black and white English television slapstick comedy. Yeah. Well, let's just go over some of the things that, that did happen. And Well, so- starting with we are lowering Morden down 15 feet onto the floor of the, of the room. And when he is sprung... And they are saying, pull him back up, pull him back up. We let him go. Yeah. <laughs> so instead instead of being pulled back up because he's been spotted and let's get out of here, you, you, you drop him. But he, the funny thing, so instead of setting the scene, you're in this mortuary. At the very – when you enter this building, it, the entry room is just a five-foot by five-foot curtained-off section in this bell-shaped building. And so down at the bottom, there's some stairs that wind down the side of the building – to the bottom, which is 15 feet below, and there's a big open furnace pit with four cages that get lowered, that would get lowered in with, with the dead bodies to turn them into ash. So in terms of places to hide, there's uh, rooms, there's one room off to the left, and at, because the, the bell shape of the building, the flaring of the bell shape of the building is actually underground, it's the 15 feet under the ground, to the, to the north part is a bunch of rooms where they do the body preparations. And, and those rooms are open, so there's no doors. No doors. And so you've gotten three knolls sitting there speaking with the sultan, and they're literally there 10 feet in front, just in front of, of Morden. Now, the sultan, of course, has his back to it, but he, you know, with the three knolls that he's talking to, they're looking directly as Morden gets lowered down, and the sultan turns around and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> And then Morden did a good job. He did a really Morden good job. Did a and he rolled exceptionally well with his bloody deception rolls and his performance rolls. And he played it up too. So the, the combination of the role and what you are doing was yeah. just hilariously funny. And that, that really did. And when they and, and, and I think they had fun because there was this combination of slapstick humour that went on and on and on. The coffin went rolling down the hill. The... Morden's brother is outside trying to convince people not to come in. Well, and that, that was the fun part. I, I, I enjoyed this part too because Morden's down there. You let go, and all of a sudden, as you let, as he gets dropped out of the way, there's a knock on the door. And so now, of course, Morden's trying to convince these guys, and he does. He successfully convinces them. Okay, this was it was an accident. I, I, they were catching me. It wasn't me sneaking. <laughs> and he manages to roll well, and okay, we believe you. And I mean, I contested the roles. And I rolled poorly. He rolled well, so they believed him. So they're taking him back up the up to take him back up 
because you're not allowed to be down there and there's knock on a door. And then all of a sudden Ventus is out there talking to someone and all of a sudden Ventus is running in and Calidus is pushing the coffin down the stairs in order to try to slow down their, they're coming up the stairs. And there's a woman at the door who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the scholar's sister. I'm here to claim his body. So someone else has come to claim the body that you guys have forged documents about. Yes. So that, that was, I, I just enjoyed, at that point, I was just really letting, watching what were you guys going to do with this situation. And, and, at, and at any point up until this stage, did you think that you had any control over what was going no, on? No, I had no idea. Like for, I, I remember th- sitting there thinking, okay, I know what the Sultan is. He's a cannibal. He's got his mole buddies there. They've got these baskets of vegetables. They're about to, you know, get ready and chomp down on this, this corpse that's there. I knew that this woman that was arriving was, she's got her pallbearers. She's got proper documentation to show that she's the sister and she's there to claim the body. And she has her reason for claiming the body. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, well, am I going to have like a three-way fight? Am I, is it going to be a two-way fight? I had no idea in terms of what am I going to do? All I knew is that this is motivation and this motivation. The one thing I did do was, and this was in the, the previous session where I said that I'm no longer going to be NPC against NPC in terms of me just having a conversation with myself. If there's those situations, I'm going to make one of you guys become that NPC and you can have a conversation with the other NPC. So then it's just not me tr- you know, trying to fool myself yeah, or something right. silly. So I knew that I didn't want that to happen, but I wasn't sure what to expect at all. All I knew is that these people are going to arrive at this time. I had no idea what you guys were going to do with the Sultan. I knew you wanted to get the body. I knew that you had a time limit to do it. And that was, that was pretty much it. After that, it was just re- reaction, 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 reaction. And it's interesting that when you, like, and when you look back at that, you, you played reaction. So as Morden went and trod on the knolls and tripped over the knolls and upset the knolls, slowly but surely they got grumpier and grumpier at him. And because you were playing reactions, they eventually took a swing at him. Yeah, and that's the statement. I mean, like, how much buffoonery do you take? Because the the knolls, they know that what they're doing is illegal. They are not stupid. If they get caught, there's going to be big, big problems. So they are not dumb. The Sultan is really not a dumb guy. He's clever. He's been doing this for a while. So this is their dinner. They don't want to lose their dinner, but he's got proper documentation. So they're down there discussing, what are we going to do? And, and, and then, of course, buffoonery after buffoonery, buffoonery. They're hungry. What, how are they going to react? How, how much can you take before you're like, all right, enough's enough? So at this point in time, they've taken a swing at the party. Yep. Did you think at this point in time that you had the game back under control or was it still out of control? No, I mean, I, I, I was sitting there thinking when the buffoonery was going on, I was like, well, is there a limit? Like, how far do you go? Like, do the, does the buffoonery go on to the point? And we were rolling. We were rolling. Do you All the time we would roll, performance? Yes. Did they win? Are they convincing enough? And but I was just like, there's there has to be like a, a cap on it where it's just. It can't go further because it was it was getting pretty ridiculous. Like you push down the coffin and the coffin. I mean, the Sultan was actually quite strong for yeah. a, a necromancer. He was actually really quite strong. He stopped the coffin dead. 
And so the coffin was coming down the stairs. He stopped it and you were right behind the coffin. And so you tried to performance, pretend that the coffin was still going, that you're trying to help him stop it, but instead pushing it and it didn't work. And he flipped the coffin off the, off the end of the stairs. So it's just like, you know, how, where is the, the maximum limit? And I was just like, between the silliness of Morden trying to fall, but fall and kick the other gnolls to do damage. Yeah. And this stuff, I was just like, all right, at that point, I think some of these guys are going to go hostile and it's going to get into that. But from the, from the player's point of view, did it, did, did this was all about gaining access to the bit downstairs to find, That's not right. only to get the body, but to also find the proof. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then there was, a, there was the one part too where Ventus, when he goes down there and there's the two bodies there and they're both yes. covered in a, a wet blanket or, or a rag or something like that to, Anyways, he pulls one off and it is a rotten corpse, like a very rotten old corpse. And it, it was funny because in the module, it's like very clear. Okay, they have to do a constitution save here. And if not, they're going to be poisoned. And what's yeah. That. So, yeah, I mean, he pulled the wrong one off of the wrong corpse and you I guys all got poisoned and it was an yeah. effect. And and you guys were not handling your own. Uh, it, and I wasn't sure, too, what happens with the other group that came to claim the body. And it wasn't until Elbrum did some brilliant role playing of his conversation with the, the, the lady that, I, you know, he see, he says, I'm going to whisper to her that, you know, we both want this thing. The Sultan's being difficult and something like this, that she decided that, well, she's got her motivation. She wants the body. Yeah. And if the Sultan's going to be difficult, she allies with you. Yes. So she allies with you guys and she goes down to try to help you guys, which I think was good for you guys because... I think that you guys would have been killed. Yeah, we would have. There's no there way. There was no we way you were going to survive that without help. Help. Yeah. Because they, th- those, those gnolls, I mean, standard gnolls, they're not that, that difficult. But when they're together, they have some pack advantage type stuff. But the Sultan was really, really strong. Yeah. I mean, he was a necromancer and he was at a significant enough level above you guys that... Uh, Not to mention he had a friend out the back. And, and, and the nice thing too, oh man, I was sitting there thinking, tactic, tactics, what is he going to do? So at one point you guys start dealing with the gnolls. And so he runs back into his office and I was just like, okay, he needs a distraction. So he had a friend, a creature you guys hadn't encountered before. And he sends that creature out as a distraction for you guys. And you guys get focused because this is, oh my God, it's a sand creature and it disappears and reappears and it's got claws and it's, it's doing some damage, but you guys are handling it. But it was all so that the Sultan could get into another point away from you guys and he throws a fireball. And that was it. Some of you guys fell at that point. And I thought that was it. I really thought I, thought I had you guys. Yeah, no, I, I honestly thought, and the thing is, is again, I'm not playing this to be a dick. I'm not playing this from the point of view of, oh, I got to get the players. I got to get the players. I'm the Sultan. You guys have just killed his buddies. He hasn't had dinner yet. There's some other person that's come in that he doesn't know who's interfering with things. All of a sudden, one of those players turns into a were-crocodile, and he knows something about the were-crocodiles that I can't reveal. But all of a sudden, he's just like, okay, they've invaded my home and all this stuff. How is he going to react? He's not going to be submissive here. He's strong. This is his home. This is his property. To be captured is really going to be the death of him. So he's yeah. going to go out and go out in a blaze of fire. So I, I thought, you know, tactically, this is what he needs to do. And so that you guys got caught unawares. And I mean, you, 
most of you guys didn't survive. I think actually you were the only one. Calidus was, was the was only the one the who was outside of the blast radius. And so you're the only one that was left standing. Out of your players, you were the only one that was left standing. All the other players were down. Uh, yeah, the only other people that were up was the were crocodiles was still alive. The woman who came to claim the body. They're the only ones who were still standing after that fireball. And uh, now, of course, at that time, they were trying to get out. They had You guys were absorbed with the gnolls. You're trying to get more help. They, they helped so long as it took to get the body. Once they had the body, they wanted out. And they were heading out. And then Morden, again, he does something clever. He uses his whip that he attained at getting to level two. He snares the body on the, on the back of the, the were-crocodile and manages to yank it off the, out of the were-crocodile's hands. And so that slows them down. And while that's happening, boom, the fireball hits. So again, well, how would the crocodile and the woman react all of a sudden? They don't really care about you guys. They were never there to really save your guys' butt. They were there to get the body mm. and they just got, and their reaction is to go and yeah, deal yeah. with the Sultan because there's no way they're going to get out until I get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, but it had provided you now in a way I was thinking, I was like, do they, do I have them run or not? How do I handle this? And I still, I don't know if I handled it the right way in terms of what, what would be their motivation? Should they have just grabbed the body and still kept on going and then left you? But I decided I, I, that they I, would they would get angry, and you managed to. And they, they would also they would have recognised that as long as the Sultan was there, yeah. they were going to have to deal with him one way or another. They were never going to get the body out until he was gone. Yeah. And given that we hadn't dispatched him, yeah, they really had no choice. They've got to get rid of him, otherwise they're stuck there. Yeah. And and you managed to get to Elbrum. You gave him a potion of healing, got him uh, back up into the land of the conscious. And so he tried to go and, and uh, I think he tried to save Morden and then you went to save Ventus and uh, you managed to, you know, stabilize those two guys. And I mean, they, I think they were still unconscious yeah. by, by the time. Yeah, but everyone was down and, yeah. it was, and I stabilized. I, I revived the one that could revive the others. Yeah. That was the, the logic behind it. Yeah. And that's what happened. And then I think I got clobbered after that. So I'm now currently down as well. But it, it, now, of course, we get back to, uh, we've got a scenario where the players are staggering around. Yeah. The weird crocodile and, and his lady friend, are, they're looking pretty healthy. Yeah. And the Sultan's disappeared. He's been turned into smoke. Yeah, because at the, at the very end, well, this was, was the thing too, is I was, again, I was sitting there thinking, what is the right thing to do here? I, I was thinking, now, from a point of view like if you know i mean you live in a world where magic is there i think it would be common knowledge that if you are in a battle with someone if, if you've been around for a while and you've seen a few battles you would know what it's like to fight someone who know, knows magic and if there's someone who knows magic their power spells usually tend to be mm -hmm. spells from a distance yeah. so you want to close on spellcaster I, I wasn't sitting there thinking i need to save you guys as the DM stepping in to save your guys' butt, otherwise it would be a TPK. I was sitting there thinking, well, again, what are these guys' motivations? Would they go and close with this guy, and then what? And now we see the issue about the fact that one of the players dropped out. Yeah, and that, that was the other thing too, is yes, we that, lost our, you, our, you lost our your, your barbarian. And I think that actually, that was significant because, again, it was a very, very tough uh, encounter for four of you. I have to wonder if, if I should have scaled it back for four 
but I'm not a big fan of scaling back. I, I much prefer, you know, okay, you, you got to come up with a plan and, and figure this out. And coming in there with the coffin, that was just a brilliant idea. I mean, I think that that was just, okay, better than just let's go in guns blazing and, and hope for the best. Yeah, and I think that this group is getting is getting that, and we see this with the Westmasters group as well, that the, the days of people just coming in, shooting stuff are gone. Yeah. As far as D&D's gone, we've actually moved on to people are getting smarter. They're recognising that you've got to have some plan and, and a fight's not always the best plan. Although I have to admit that there were a couple of times where Calidus, some of the stuff I couldn't believe, he was, I completely forgot about the Vrillstone. And then you, of course, reminded me that you had the Vrillstone because you intended to hopefully get the luck of the draw and they would have more power than what it was. But I think it, out of the four and, times you used it, one worked, I think. Yeah. And again, it was one of those things given, and the decision not to drop it was based on the fact that there were only four of us and the only thing that was, was going to save us was that we got lucky. We, we had to get lucky well, with the Vrillstone and, and nail someone. Well, I, I thought it was funny too because after I blasted everybody with the fireball, you were right there beside, not far from the Sultan. And instead of immediately going to rescue your, your friends, you're like, I'll try it again. You pulled out the Vrillstone <laughs> and you fired and you dang near killed yourself. And, and again, it, this is the whole thing about it. This is the Hail Mary pass. You, you've got to look at it and go, what would you do? Because yes. if, if, had I gone over there to save the others, he could have dropped another fireball on them. Yep. Um, in which case, yes, that was the end of the game. Yep. So, and that was the decision. The decision was, do we take another fireball? Probably not going to be able to survive that. So if he drops a fireball on me, the others may be able to survive. If I kill him, that's good. It, this was one of those, you know, 50-50 things. It's either going to work or it's not. There's, yep. no, there's no easy solution to it. Yep. And that does demonstrate that the, when you lose a player... When someone doesn't show up, you, you are going to have to think about what it is that you're going to do. And I don't think that it should be the DM's problem to turn around and recast the game yeah. just because someone doesn't well, show up. And, that, and that's the thing too is like at one point near the end when uh, I was just like, when you rolled bad with the Vrillstone and I was like, oh, God, is he's dead. I, I, I remember my thinking was, oh, man, am I going to restart the scenario with you guys or am I going to have to find something completely new because – would you guys restart over and once again go and try to find the Grimalkin? I, I was just like, no, nah, that's no fun. So I, 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 got, I got a little bit worried there at the end, but I, was I still going to change things up? No, the, the roles were what the roles were. And at the end of the day, you rolled bad, you still survived, and yet, and then you, you went and tried to bring out your, your other people. And thankfully, the were-crocodile and, and Hesna occupied his, his time so he couldn't blast you again. So that, that that worked out, I think, but it was it was a it was a large battle, and there was still quite a bit of role playing involved in that. There's it a long way to go before we get out of that room, too. Yeah, I mean, how do you mean? Well, we don't know about Hesna. We don't know if she really yeah. is her sister. Yeah, and, and the information that we've currently got is that she's not, and that she's got dummy documents. If the body gets out before it gets spoken to, yeah, then we've got a an issue there as well. That means we fail. We have to explain the fact that everybody's dead. Yeah. Uh, and once again, we were in the room at the time. Uh, and, and this is the thing too, it's like you guys, you managed to heal everybody back up. So everybody stabilized. So for me, I'm like, 
that battle that you guys survived the battle and that you managed to stabilize everything so that they're conscious, you're definitely going to reach the next level. So that, that was good. But what, what you know that you can't get to the next level unless you take a long rest and you've got Karima who's waiting for you to bring the body because yeah. if you do not bring her the body before midnight, he she will come it. back as the loyal dead. And then you've lost every possibility of talking to him to find out what does he know. And we don't want to talk to him. She does. So, you know, the, our current protector and provider of the house that we don't yet have could easily turn on us and we will not have the house. And, and right now when I look at it, I think, well, it's unlikely that we are going to be able to hold off the wear crocodile and the other lady in our current state. There's no way that we're going to win that battle. We have to find a way to get Karima there instantly. That's going to be a problem. The best we can hope for is going to be to find the proof that he's a cannibal and hope that that's enough to get us across the line. And the other thing I'm hoping is that we will get to somehow search the body while the the wear crocodile uh, and his well, mistress are currently engaged and, and hope my, that we find something that will help us. And my, my take was that by the end of the session, Ventus and Morgan, they were thinking about this because they situated themselves right near where the body fell because I think they were clearly thinking that, okay, we have to wrap up the session. We'd gone over by half an hour. I had things to get done. Yeah. You know, my day was starting and stuff like this. So start of the next session, I think that's what their plan is going to be. And look, and maybe the guys will come up with some clever way they can swap the bodies over yeah. and, you know, one body goes in the coffin and the other one yeah. stays on the shelf. I, I don't know. But the funny thing is, is within Discord, though, they're just they're all just talking about, okay, level three, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You've got a long got rest a, before you get it. Getting to level three <laughs> is going to be incredibly challenging in the current environment. Yeah, well, because, you, I mean, you've reached... You've reached it, but you must get, you must long rest in order for it to, I don't know, saturate within your being and you get the new stuff that comes with it. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's just it. You know, I see that as being the last thing that you look at is like, wow, I've got to level three. Don't, don't even worry about that. Just try and figure out how you're going to survive the next two hours. Yeah. And I actually, I, that's, you make some good points too, because at the end of the day, I do have to be curious here what you guys are going to do because you're right. I know what those guys' motivations are. And now that, you know, now that uh, the Sultan has been taken care of, what are they going to do with you guys standing there? So we're, we're not exactly standing. We're somewhat yeah. under the weather. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, maybe the guys will roll well and, and they will be able to communicate with the, the lady and find out what it is that she wants, what she's doing. Uh, yeah. and, and whether, like, and if all she wants is information, then maybe they can trade the information that yeah. she wants. Maybe they can find some way of, bringing her and Karima together and speak to the dead and then yeah. figure out the answer. I mean, she certainly doesn't want to take the body away and, and eat it, that's for sure. And if it, if it is the sister, if she really is the sister, then maybe they can come to some kind of arrangement. And then, I guess that's got to be a challenge then for you guys in terms of what, if you, do you believe her? And if you don't believe her, well, how are you going to take approach that situation in order to, Walk away. Do you let her take the body? I think Ventus has already. What are you going to do? I think Ventus has already tested that and come to the conclusion before she got into the building that she was dodgy, and there was <laughs> some talk that there's somewhere along the line he figured out that she was with the Crimson Paul. So, well, yeah, both Morden and Ventus. They, they, well, they they don't so, know if she's part of the Crimson Paul. You guys don't know that. that they what they did, 
learn and figure out was that she understood thieves can't because yes. they were trying something yes. they were trying communicating and she understood and then they're like hey wait a minute this and, girl and, might not be legit and look again you get the same thing of like if she's got the thieves can't stuff happening and they've got it then maybe they just come to you know the arrangement hey hang on a minute we're just like you yeah we want to join the thieves camp this is what we're doing we can all work together yeah I think that the next session will come down to those two and a conversation. But I, I think that's where it's going to. I think that, that that's the only position that they're going to be able to play. You, you, and, and I won't be there, so that doesn't I'll yeah, help it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. So, do you remember though what the Sultan said when he seen the were crocodile? No, oh, you don't. I, I was sitting there thinking, okay, plot hooks, plot hooks, plot hooks. What do I got to throw at you guys to get you guys to see a bigger picture here? So. There are certain things that were happening there where I was throwing out a little bit of plot hooks, hopefully that you guys... We, we were trying to survive and you're flinging in plot hooks. I had to because at the end <laughs> of the day... not fair. You know, <laughs> I, I have to sit there and think, okay, if you guys survive this encounter, I need you guys to get to eventually get to another place. I can't force you guys there. I mean, you guys can just say, screw it, we're going to run. Whatever you guys do, ideally, I would like you guys to move in, in a direction that you know yes. answers the questions. But how do I get you guys to go there without forcing? And so for me, I, I'm just like, well, I've got to th- give you information within the encounters. And hopefully someone's listening and able to take that and be like, wait a minute. I remember he said this. And therefore, one well, well, give me the give me the plot hook and I'll, I'll figure out the answer now. Well, as soon as as soon as Sultan seen the were crocodile, he shouted dogs. Well, that was where we got the... Because I remember Calidus, uh, was, the... when he shouted that Calidus was like, oh, the dogs are best at Dogs are best at Yeah. Yeah. And so, the dogs are best at was part of the... the you don't know the, what it they is. Are, they you... are suspected to be an undergroup of the Crimson Paw. Of the Crimson Paw, that's yeah. right. Which is why the connection between this lady... Yeah. This is why there's this thing I've, in the back of my mind going... She's part of the Crimson Pool, but no, she could be part of well, it. It's, it's she like could be part of the When you the guys dogs. were grilling Karima, I remember, I don't remember if it was Morden or Ventus, one of them was like, oh, the Menagerie woman. So she's part of the Crimson Paw. There's certain things where you can clearly tie things together, but then Karima knowing some obscure woman that you guys, or, or at least the elves believe that was responsible for assassinating Fester and Heth. Yeah. That, that's pulling things too far, right? Yeah, that, that, that assumption, I think that assumption is pretty much dead in the water. Yeah, but still, the thing is, is at the very beginning, you guys, I, I think when you guys met the Menagerie Woman is when you guys got introduced into the Crimson Paw. Yes. And, and then, is she part of it or not? I, I think you guys have answered that question. But you tried to set up a relationship where you could yeah. meet her later on through the Jubilant Nargile. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, there's someone death who's been assassinated here. Oh, was it this girl or not? There was no direct relationship there. So it was just complete no. supposition. And then the boys, they still want to be part of the Crimson Paw. That's the Thieves Guild. That's, you know, wetting their whistle. And again, if, if when you look at it from their point of view, as a, from a player point of view, to be part of the Thieves Guild and to keep doing what we're doing would be just, they would revel in that because they, they you know, they're on the side of good and on the side of bad. It's, it's another Batman thing. And, yeah. You know, I have my disguise and during the day I'm Bruce oh, Wayne and this, at night I'm... But yeah. that's, that's just it. But I think as well, they start seeing stuff that's not there. 
And I think that's, that's good because you could, you know, as a DM, I mean, that's great because you can use that to help with some plot hooks, right? Because they see ghosts where there are none ghosts. That's but true. But in, in the case of the, in the case of, uh, Hakan's death, hmm. uh, was it Hakan? Hakan was the, was the no, cousin was, of the Sultan. No, sorry. Fessering Heth. Fessering Heth. Yeah. In the case of Heth's death, both Ventist and Calidus said, no, you can't draw the assumption that he was killed by the lady outside. Yeah, one of them. So, one of them made the assumption. The other one was like, "No, no, there's no relationship yeah. there." <laughs> I just that, and it was great because I mean, it's out of character, but it's also in character, right? Like we were it talking is. before yeah. about acquisitions incorporated and Jim Dark Magic, and how his out of character stuff became in character stuff. It's it's yeah. the same thing with those two guys when they're, I mean, when they do their bantering, it's totally <coughs> in character stuff that could be part of the game, hmm. and and, that, and that's what I like, you know, like it, it's the same thing when. Uh, you guys were out buying clothes and the five of you guys went into a change room and I'm sitting yes. there thinking the NPC, this female NPC that's with you, how is she going to react watching five guys walk into a change room because they want to have a conversation? This is yes. like, you know, there's consequences and stuff. I and mean, the people are seeing stuff and bringing that into the world, I think makes the world a little bit richer. And it does. And we are collecting together. I mean, this, this is turning out to be spectacularly. Yeah. Good fun. Well, I think at the beginning of the session, Elbrum had said, which was, I enjoyed hearing that. He was saying that most of his sessions, he didn't say that most of his sessions were murder hobo sessions, but he did say that most of his sessions were combat heavy and there was really no plot. Not uh, a lot of thinking and not a lot of choice. Yeah. And, and you know, there was a world, but the richness of the world or, or like the, the NPCs were just afterthoughts. Yeah. And, and it's a straight line. Yeah. You follow the line because you're not given choices to deviate from yeah. it. Yeah. And so uh, he, I, I thought it was great when he said he made me feel good that he was like, although we might not get as much combat as I might like, the role playing yes. is really up there and you got to be on your toes to remember, you know, there's these connections here, which ups the player investment. I, I am actually hoping that on the week that I come back, we do get to move into our new house and we could just have a, a session where we just sit around and gather our thoughts and maybe visit a few of the shopkeepers and just a calm, relaxing one to just build relationships with people. You know, we've got your logo go on, we're wearing the army. It is a bit... What is it? We can to promote something. Yeah, the, the Griffin's place that yeah. you guys have now got the studded leather with their... The pink logo on, on the side. Going yeah. out there to... Start promoting it so that you can get better. I've discounts. got a set of robes out there somewhere that I can see that I'm never going to get back to this well, shop at this rate. That's never it's going just to like, happen. You know, you bought those robes early in in because we've had Was now two sessions. It's ago? been three sessions, Still they're all in the same day, and your robes are not going to arrive until Thursday, and it's <laughs> Monday. And yeah. then you've got three sessions where it's still Monday. Yeah. So, so it, it would be nice to have a rest. And not, not a rest to recover, just a, a rest of the hectic life that yeah. we're leading in this one day where we could sort of go, oh, my God. You know? Well, and that's the thing to me when I sit there and I, I, narratively you're thinking about a story and it's just like, I just like, okay, there are things that are happening here. If the characters are not going to do stuff in this stuff, these things, they will still happen. And what will there be the consequences for the character in the, the new world that comes because those things happen and they didn't act when they yeah, could have acted. Yeah, the timeline that we have been that by midnight tonight we yeah. have to solve this issue yeah. uh, has really put the cat in amongst the pigeons as far as the start of this day is. Yeah. That was three sessions ago. Well, and, and three sessions ago we are suddenly chasing our tails because we have 
eight hours in which to sort out this stuff. And it we was, still haven't succeeded. Three sessions ago is when you guys started the session with the invitation to the Palette Court to visit the vampires. And you guys got super excited about that. And, and then, yeah, it's, it's actually <laughs> And great. then all of a sudden, I can't believe that, that was three weeks ago. Wow, that's right. It's been yeah. three so, weeks. Wow. And if you think of what we crammed in, and, and while it was three weeks ago, you think of, it's almost like hour for hour of play has matched hour for hour of day. We've played three lots of three-hour sessions. That's nine hours. At 10 o'clock then, we were ending up, you know, buying robes to go to the ball, and then all of a sudden we're talking at 10 o'clock to Karima. It's now 7 o'clock at night. We've killed off the guy in the dungeon. We're a bit ragged, the worst for wear. Yep. And that's the nine hours of players work out to one hour per day. Yeah, we've got now five hours to get to midnight when the whole thing unravels. It's quite feasible there will be two more sessions before we get to midnight. <laughs> and and as you just said, if you don't get it done, the time just yeah. rolls along. We yeah. will end up in three weeks' time sitting there going, oh, my God, we missed the, the deadline. The speak to the dead thing didn't happen. And... Well, and at the end of the day, the question then becomes, do you continue to help Karima on what she's looking for, or do you just like, ah, well, whatever. Just I, I would think that, to me, that the risk is not that do we continue to help her. It's that what will she do to us if we fail? Because we, we, we are getting into a situation of saying, yes, we will help you. And if we don't succeed, she has enough information to say, okay, you know, it's it's perfectly feasible. We could all be executed but tomorrow. But the other thing too, though, is she, you guys presented her with some information that she wasn't aware of. You guys came in and said that, oh, when she started talking to you guys about an idol and about something else, about something <laughs> might be going on with the wicked side of the goddess Bastet, uh, you guys brought in the information of, oh, by the way, we bumped into these Tuscali and they were looking for an idol. Now, she was aware that you guys bumped into Tuscali because she's got her connections, but she had no idea that they were looking for an idol. So all of a sudden she's like, huh. So she's starting to think things. And then between your guys' conversation, you mutually, so this was so fun for me, role-playing this up. You've just been given this information. Now, me as the GM, I know what this means. But role-playing it up from she gets this information and seeing you guys come to the conclusion that, Maybe the Tuscali are looking for something here that has power. And we only I got thought that was just brilliant. But, was just but brilliant. again, we only got that because she started with the position of, I've got the eye, but we know that it needs more. Yeah. And so to draw that conclusion is, hang on, there could be the connection here. Yeah. We still haven't got the connection between the idol, the professor, what it is that she's looking for. She never told us what she wants to talk to him and well, ask him. And, and, and yeah, that, that was the other thing that I thought too, like, so you guys were talking to her about the professor and finding the professor. Where's the professor? So she was just like, well, he's got to be at the university or something. I can't, I haven't found him. He's been gone for, for a couple of days now. And then at some point you guys said something about the dogs of Bastet and she just kind of stopped <laughs> in her tracks and she's like, oh, well, yeah, I do know the dogs of Bastet. And so all of a sudden she got some information about the dogs of Bastet, which ties something more. And, I, and again, I was just like, I remember... How am I, where do I bring these guys into the story? Because I know they need to be part of the story. And you guys brought them in through some of your questions and their conversation. I was like, yes, but I don't need to worry about that thread anymore. No, but the question question you're now faced with is that if we fail to deliver the body, have we done enough for her not to turn around and excommunicate us and say, well, I can no longer help you? Or... Is there more that we have to do? I, I am of the opinion at this point in time that 
we we still haven't proved ourselves to be so valuable that we can be we can fail and still well, be okay. I mean, at the end of the day, what, what have you guys? I know you guys. We've delivered. I know we've delivered the eye. Well, as well, I know you, you have wanted Calidus to get in good relations with the law of, of the area. And you've done that. Like, you brought the, the Tuscali to, to there, and you've gotten yeah. a little bit of notoriety for that. And clearly, inside the Wharf District, been something of that. But what else have you guys done? So, yes, you found the Gamalton Eye, but the city doesn't know about it. And there's good reason for that. And Karima's involved there and she's started talking to you guys and you found out that, wait a minute, if the city does know, this could be problematic. So I, I, I think that, that that came across well. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, were, no, no, that's kind of close, that. but, but that is almost, it, it, it's almost at the stage of, there is the possibility of blackmailing her. You know, if yeah. she wants to do away with us, we could possibly blackmail her because she's covered up the Hakan death. Uh, she saved us from that. Yeah. She's got the eyes. She knows yeah. there's the idol. No one yeah. knows what it does. There's a scalia here, and that's and there's the possibility that she could be in all sorts of trouble for disclosing what's actually going on from the, the powers above her. I'm glad you said that because I never even thought of blackmail. So well, that's yeah, good. <laughs> no, well, let's see. When you look at the, the interaction between the two, like she could let us go. The only thing we've got is to blackmail her because of what she's doing. And as she said right at the start, there was her and someone else that knew about it was it her and the lieutenant i think were the two that were acting on their own yes lieutenant memmett lieutenant memmett so you you as Khaled has brought up do you know sergeant memmett and she was like oh you mean lieutenant memmett yeah so you found out that your your friend that your backstory friend that you tried to sneak Create. by me uh, has has all of a sudden been uh, elevated in sneak by you <laughs> would i do that <laughs> So elevated his rank, and, and all of a sudden you find out that yeah, Korea yeah. and the lieutenant are actually working in cahoots, and they're almost like MI five. They're the yeah. CIA in the background yeah. doing stuff, but we don't actually know that if they have credibility as being a CIA because this is the other thing too. We know they're working in cahoots. We know they're working in the background, and they are telling us that they are doing this because they are the only people that can save the city. But how can you find and out? We too? don't, we, you know, they don't have a big sign saying we're the CIA or we're MI5. Yeah. We just basically have to trust them. That's right. And who else are they talking to? Do we know if they're talking to the Queen, yeah. for example? And that's just it. The thing is, is in terms of the real movers and shakers in terms of NPCs, you still haven't encountered we're any of these guys. We're not close to any of them. Yeah. The closest we will get will be at the ball if yeah. we survive that long. And given that we have nothing to wear because it's four days away before we get our clothes... Just Calidus. Just Calidus. The other guys have got their ropes. Yes. Yeah. We may not even make it to the ball at this race. So, and, and that's and that's the interesting thing too, is because like when I look back at the the previous setting that we had with the other group, I had you guys meet the Lady Alastra, who was one of the yes. one of the advisors to the Council of Sound. So you can't really get much higher up in the city, and I almost regretted that. You know, immediately after, because like, how could a bunch of level one, level two characters be meeting? one of the strongest people in the cities. And also we treated her with contempt. Yeah, well, yeah, at that point, yeah, that was right. Well, not, that was just Jenny. Jenny was... Yes. Jenny. Don't get started on that. To me, this is so much more successful from the point of view of, I, again, am I getting you guys to, to invest in your characters, to suspend your disbelief, and really being caught up in the story enough to 
be looking for those connections, remembering those connections so that, you know, solve the mystery. Because I, I think that the guys are already there. I've, I have no doubt that the guys, are, their buying to this has been phenomenal. There's no doubt about that. That being said, and, though, we lost our we lost our, our barbarian. So yeah, he's buying wasn't uh, enough. Well, he, he may not have been. Yeah, okay, I, I, he did. He also didn't say much. The people that we have still standing, mm. their buy-in is there by how vocal they are when they play. Yeah, true enough. No yeah. one stops talking because one of them was saying that that Ventus typically when he plays, he usually plays uh, fairly quiet, but. I think he equally participates as, as much as anybody in this. Yeah, and Elbram started out really quiet at the start, and now Elbram's getting into it. And he's oh, quite yeah. demonstrative about what he wants to do and where he oh, wants to go. He does some smart stuff. Like I, I still, I still get a kick out of what he did with Akan, with the cutting off the thumbs and carving that off his back. That was just and, nuts. Yeah, I mean, it was so in character for what he was doing. Yeah. Right. I mean, the th- the information that he got, you guys didn't get because I made sure to tell him that stuff. His whispered comments <clears> and. And if you look at that guy, if you look at that scenario, if if he's if, if he you know when the steam starts coming out of his ears, you could clearly turn around and say to Ventus, like you know, Elbram's about to go off again. There'll be you know severing of flesh and cutting off of body parts. We may want to just let him cool down and give him some space. Mm. And and he will play that up to the hill. He'll do what he has to do. And the other guys will turn around. Yeah, okay, I know what nutty people yeah. are like. They'll back off. So the buy-in from the four of us that are still standing. Yeah. I think is is really really high, and, and while would, I may not remember bits of the game and, and 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 the names of people, when you remind them of what it was, you know, you remember we spoke to Lady Alasher or we spoke to, you know, Sergeant Mem- or Lieutenant Mehmet or whatever, they go, oh yeah yeah, I mean they're right on top of it once they get given the nudge yeah. to remember that part, yeah, and and it just adds to, hang on, what would I do now, yeah. So it, it, this has the potential to run for years, this particular yeah, game. Yeah, it's certainly the case. But, you know, I guess to me what, what, what is probably the single most frustrating thing was that with Asher's backstory, it's I try to find clever little ways to tie some of your backstory into the adventure that might be meaningful to you. So there's some stuff going on with Elbron. There's some stuff going with Calidus. There's some stuff going on with Morgan and Ventus. Yeah. And I had this really clever thing that I, I started going up with Asher when you guys found out that the Black Sultan owned yeah. that old warehouse. Yeah, and now yeah. he's gone. I'm just like, man, you know, that was, okay, it's sad that you're gone. Sorry <laughs> that you, it wasn't up to whatever standard you have or whatever the reason is because you clearly didn't let me know why you decided to leave and that's just bad manners. Can, but, can it still be resurrected? I mean, that's the, the question. Can the... Yeah, I mean... Is the Black Sultan dead or can the Black Sultan be thrown into the next player? Only the name changed to protect the innocent. Because if the yeah. next player comes up with, a, with a, a backstory that has a name in it, then the Black Sultan could be replaced I, by I remember he, in, in his backstory, he said his parents were killed by someone, a black lord or something like this. And I was just like, well, let's change it to the Black Sultan because yeah. we're here. And then, I, you know, I'm always just thinking, I know Elbron said this, what's blah, blah, blah. And we just had a conversation recently about something that's going to happen when he hits level three. And he was just like, can, can we do this? And I, we worked out something that, you know, fits into his backstory. And I tell him only little bits. And then my intention is, so when the reveal comes and, and this stuff, that it's, he's still not solved the mystery of his own backstory. 
And it was the same thing with the black sultan was that just you feed tidbits <laughs> so that at the end, when, when you finally encounter uh, the black sultan, there's a lot of meaning behind it. And you do know what, that by doing that, you're actually creating a copy of the, the friends TV show that goes on for, you know, there are 16 a week episodes. You get a bit of the time. Yeah. And after 14 years, they finally do the big reveal right at the end. And that's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole Ross ritual. Yeah. So, so these reveals that you're holding back on could go on forever. Well, I mean, to me, the, the thought is, is if you feed little bits and little bits into the backstory, you'll get better player investment. And you will. And that's exactly yeah. how it works. It'll be good to see if we can come up with another fighter because really what we do need is we need someone who's got some... You need your tank. We need a tank. We need someone to put out the front and, yeah, and, and yeah do their thing. Okay, I think that's pretty close. We've almost hit our hour marker. So yeah. um, until next time, catch you guys later.